Welcome to On The Map. I'm Lee Carriher, your host. I'm the CEO and founder of Double Forte, a national independent public relations, social media, and communications agency. We are on a mission to help companies from the solopreneur to the mid-cap market maker achieve their goal, get on the map, be known for what they're great for, and make a difference in the world. At the end of the show, which is about 20-ish minutes, I will share with you how to become a guest on the show. So please stick around for that. In the meantime, here's the next 23, 24 minutes of greatness in marketing communications and helping people get on the map with real life advice. Here we go. It's Lee Carraher, and this is Get on the Map, where we talk to people who have created companies and created practices, and they've gotten on the map in the hopes that listeners will be able to understand how they too can learn from our uh, guests to how they can get on the map too. And my, today, my guest is Mandy Rowe. Mandy, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, happy to. Mandy is the president of True Rest Franchising, the world's leading float therapy brand. She has a degree from Vanderbilt. She lives in Nashville. Um, And she's extremely passionate about the multifaceted benefits of float therapy, which holistically treats stress, anxiety, PTSD, chronic pain, and just makes you better overall. Um, and she has um, really cracked many codes in this business. And I'm really excited to talk to you, Mandy, about how you've done it, why you chose franchising, and how you are growing your business. So first, how did you decide on float therapy? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty unique. And I know that 50% of people I talk to don't even know what that means. <laughs> the first um, so uh, I guess I'll start with what it is. It's just 10 inches of water and a thousand pounds of Epsom salts. So when you lay on top of the water, you float completely effortlessly. But Mm -hmm. if you want the purest sense of it, it's no sound, no light, no gravity. It's at skin temperature. So you lose sense of where the water is touching your skin and your brain drops into the sleep state, even though you're not asleep. Mm -hmm. So I think that context is important when I talk about the background of how we found it. Yeah. Originally from Coronado, uh, which is an island off of San Diego where the Navy SEALs train. Mm-hmm. And the Navy SEALs had actually bought these float pods from Europe and they used them for a couple reasons. One was helping these uh, guys that have been on deployment overcome some of their PTSD and insomnia. Mm-hmm. But then they were also using it uh, for advanced language learning, helping these guys huh. take new languages from six months of a learning timeline down to six weeks. Wow. And I'm not military. I don't have that background. And the ability to go try it was not even an option because there were no float spas anywhere, hardly in North America. There were like 12 in North America at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just seemed like a really good business concept. My dad's background is in franchising. So Mm -hmm. long story short, We took one of those 12 locations in North America, took that business model and built this franchise now that has 44 locations open, 12 under construction, and now expanding into Canada as well. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to absorb that. 44 open now, 12 under construction, and you're expanding into Canada. And when did you start this company? Uh, My dad started it seven years ago and I joined him six months into it. 
Um, wow. So we're in, it started in Phoenix, uh, uh -huh. but now we're in 27 different states. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So how, so you chose Phoenix first. Did you take over another company or did you start that there? Yeah. So the founder and his wife, uh, that's Nick and Holly Janicki, they had their first location in uh, Tempe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we did a forensic audit on their financials and their P&Ls because for a business that had almost zero awareness, mm -hmm. it was incredible how much money they were making, which mm -hmm. again was a huge validator that this had a lot of right. potential. Um, and so when we saw how successful that was, friends, family, manufacturers, just various people who had formerly been clients had expressed interest in wanting to open up their own. Mm -hmm. And so from there, we were able to expand pretty quickly all the way over to North Carolina and Ohio, some other veterans that actually had tried floating before. Wow. Military wanted to open up a business. So as soon as we started offering franchising, it just expanded like rapid fire from there. That's amazing. So, um, so when, how did you get the word? So you own some of the, do you own any of the operations or are you straight franchising? Both. So Both. we provide all the support from pre-open marketing, generating that awareness in new cities, all mm -hmm. the way through construction, architectural. And then personally, I run the uh, now three corporate-owned locations. So that's San Diego, Scottsdale, and Omaha, Nebraska. And I live in Nashville. So really all over the place. So you're traveling in three different time zones. Excellent. Okay, good. Now you yes. just have to add one in the East Coast and you'll have them all. And then Hawaii, and then you'll have them all. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> So how did you get the word out when you first started? How did you get the word out? Yeah, I mean, the benefits of floating really speak for themselves. So it was really powerful to see how quickly people wanted to jump into franchising with us. But again, like half of the people I talk to right now still don't even know what floating is. Mm -hmm. So referrals have always been really the strongest avenue of marketing for us. Um, but referrals to floating or referrals to, um, franchising, um, both, both okay. from all of our clients, really encouraging them every way we can through loyalty points, free floats, everything we can for them to tell their friends and family and to come mm -hmm. use it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and then for customers, you know, we leverage platforms like Groupon and anywhere yeah. else where we could get the exposure, but floating is from pictures kind of sexy, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're in a bathing suit. You see this bright, colorful lights inside of this float pod. And I had to market that pretty strong because the actual act of the service is completely pitch black nothingness. Right. So, part of the <laughs> so really have to leverage how nice these rooms are and how right. um, kind of captivating these pictures are of mm -hmm. these float pods. And then really having to describe to people that um, the cleanliness is there, the benefits are there, and mm -hmm. that you're not going to feel as claustrophobic as you probably think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so leveraging that social media um, and the referral network was the the first the, the first, first big, big process. Now, you said earlier um, before we started recording about social media. So tell me about your social media presence and then your strategy. Yeah. So. True REST, REST is actually an acronym and it stands for Restricted Environmental Stimulus Therapy. Okay. So we started out actually with the first Instagram and Facebook for that first location, which already had, you know, thousands of followers. Mm -hmm. We actually made that the like umbrella for all of franchising. And mm -hmm. we ended up opening up a bunch of other handles. So True REST in Wilmington, North Carolina. Right. 
throughout Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, as each of these locations started to grow their own audience, we changed the Tempe founding location to the franchise page. So Got we it. really leveraged that original uh, mm -hmm. that original audience and then eventually made Tempe their own page again that had to kind of regrow their audience. But um, right. that's eventually how we just got the word out there. A lot of photo shoots were happening so that all the franchisees were using similar Same pictures, uh -huh. colors, and just being careful that we're also not claiming to cure anything because right. we don't have that medical background. We're not yeah. you know, practitioners of any kind. Claims are so important around health, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Getting yourself in so much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, really in that time, like social media wasn't as big as it is now. So it was a lot easier to get audience. It was a lot easier to get in front of your friends and your right. family and even, you know, new audiences. Um, it's now, so did every um, location run their own social media or did you run everything for them? So part of the franchise structure is if you want our uh, like approved vendor to do everything organic and paid ads for you, they will. But mm -hmm. if you'd like to do it yourself, we provide you with all the resources, the content, the pictures. And if you want to do something unique, it just has to run through us for approval. Yeah. Um, so we did both. And mm -hmm. frankly, my most successful franchisee today is in Charlotte, North Carolina, and yeah. they do it all themselves. They do themselves. Yeah. But I, I think isn't important through franchising, particularly for this kind of service, to have it on the ground sensibility? Because the language you use in Charlotte is not the language you use in Arizona, right? Right. When you think about franchising, like I could not post on four different accounts and my personal account on a daily basis as often as you need to to grow an audience. Oh, my gosh. So I knew that oh, was already <laughs> so much work. About it. It's yeah. so much work. But in a place like Charlotte, I think they're so successful because of the local business to business that they've been able to drive mm -hmm. from that as well. So yeah. posting to the Barry's boot camp, doing trades yep. with, you know, whatever other local salons and spas are out mm -hmm. there to kind of get in front of those local audiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's helped them tremendously. So when we talk about getting on the map, we talk about, you know, your map can be physical, your map can be demographics, your map can be your map could be psychographics you can that could be everything so when you're franchising i think clearly you have a dual strategy on that right one is the locale so where are you physically and what can you do from a business perspective physically mm -hmm. to be in partnership mutually benefit partnership i assume um yeah. and grow audience but then also psychographically um no, that's a national or international audience could be depending on, you know, and then the demographics, if you're just talking about women this age or vets or, you know, PTSD, you then can niche, niche, niche down if you have who you're trying to serve, right? And it's important what you just demonstrated, it's important to do both, like define your map, not mm -hmm. only physically, you know, owning your own backyard physically is really important if you have a door, right, to walk through to serve your business. But also thinking about how to expand um, your map to think about the other demographics so that you can tailor any message to those groups, right? Right. And I, you know, the way that you say that makes me think of like our website. So one of the beauties of franchising is truerest.com captures all 44 locations traffic, but each each location has their own landing page on the main website. Right. So that is then what we utilize for local SEO and for local mm -hmm. business to business. Um, but if it weren't for that main true rest domain, the traffic to that website would be, you know, minuscule the size. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. 
Um, and then on, so, so you've talked about, you took over the original locations, Instagram and Facebook. And we, so that was seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the algorithms and, cha- and everything has changed so much. Yeah. Um, now what about TikTok? Yeah. So this is where I get like the most excited these days. <laughs> so when we took over the Omaha location as a corporate location, like I, I practice what I preach with my franchisees. I was there at 1 a.m. because the laundry had broken and I was folding mm-hmm. towels. I had like 30 minutes left on the dryer cycle. I'm like, what am I going to do at 1 a.m.? And I knew <laughs> everyone had kind of started talking about TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, but I was not on it at the time. And I thought, what the hell? I've got time to kill. I went around in the dark of my spa, filming a couple videos, posting them so my page didn't look blank on TikTok. Yeah. And next thing you know, I've got 8,000 views on my videos. People are like, I've never seen anything like this before. My followers drastically increased. I'm up to like almost 170,000 now. Wow. What I found is that the audience is not as young as everyone thinks they are. No, exactly. And it's the most, it's the best way I've been able to engage with my audience from states away and -hmm. actually have one-on-one conversations with them in the comments. It's a little bit tedious, but People are very open and vulnerable on TikTok, where yeah. on Instagram, they're a lot more by the book and professional and polished. And TikTok is really real. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Instagram is much more, um, <clears throat> you know, Insta, yes. Insta influencer and TikTok, uh, people are pretty raw, you know, and then you get called out if you use too many filters and the whole thing. So yeah. One of my favorite people on TikTok I follow, she must be 75 years old. She's hysterical. So, and she's just, you know, she's just telling it as it is. And, you know, sometimes she doesn't have a bra on and sometimes she does. And whatever. But people love that. People <laughs> love that. Yeah. And I think one of my golden nuggets of TikTok that I've learned is there is a website called, uh, I think it's Snap Tick. It's all one word. And what I was able to do was starting to leverage either what I was making on TikTok or making on Instagram reels. Mm-hmm. And you can download it from SnapTick without the watermark. And then you can use that uh-huh. content across multiple platforms without getting dinged by the algorithm for having that watermark on there. Right. So that has really helped me personally utilize those videos across multiple channels without having to recreate it over and over again. Because like you said earlier, it can be so tedious, right? So tedious. I mean, I think how much time do you spend a day or a week on social media yourself on TikTok and everything else? <laughs> Working or browsing? <laughs> working answers. yeah um, not going down the rabbit hole but working <laughs> yeah probably like 30 minutes a day mm-hmm. now, I, I, really do, I use Facebook and Instagrams uh well I let another team do Facebook and Instagram so uh-huh. everything that I'm doing is really just for myself and what I've found to be a really successful strategy for me is going to other people's pages that have semi-related content So Mm -hmm. for me, that would be anything related to Epsom salts or spas and finding videos that have a bunch of questions and responding directly to people's questions with videos. Ah. They ask questions to have someone physically respond to them opposed to just typing it out. And I find if I don't have questions on my videos, maybe they don't have a lot of views. Mm -hmm. It's on a page that doesn't have a huge following yet. Going to those other related type of pages and answering their questions gets that audience on my page. So usually what I'm doing is just finding that video, answering that question, posting it and seeing how it does. 
That's fantastic. Uh, engagement matters, right? I mean, not you can't just on any social media platform, just doing your own thing is not going to get you very far because none of the platforms really, you know, they don't value that, right? They value engagement. They value, um, obviously, TikTok and Reels, Instagram values um, video over text and, and mm-hmm. a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the way that the way that I've uh, I don't have physical proof of this, but I've been told the way that the Instagram I'm sorry, the TikTok algorithm works is they obviously want you to be super engaged and they want whoever is following you to open up the app as soon as you post. So what I found to be successful is I comment and post on other people's content before I post my own, even for a minute or two, because yeah. then it looks like I didn't just open the app to post and then close it. I'm yeah. actually engaging uh, before I go ahead and make a post as if I was influenced by someone on the page to then go create mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And those videos do do better when I spend two seconds commenting on other people's videos before mm-hmm. I post them. And are you doing it? So it's snap tick is what you said. That's the website where I was able to download without the watermark. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. So are you doing anything with influencers? Have you had people come to these different spas yet? Or are you waiting on that? I have. Um, it's hit or miss, to be honest. And tell me why it's hit or miss. So I'm always just offering a free float for the most part. Mm-hmm. So usually what I'm looking for is that kind of micro influencer. Doesn't have hundreds of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers. Right. They have a niche, like they're an Omaha, Nebraska mom that likes wellness. That's right. pretty specific. Um, and so I do get a lot of engagement when those people are posting. They don't always have the easiest way to track ROI. I don't have, uh, you know, specific links that I can track when those You're not doing codes for them all. Right, right, right. I'm doing so many of them across, you know, mm-hmm. 27 different states. So it's a little bit hard for me to track exactly how well that's done from an ROI standpoint, but I think it's a hundred percent worth it for me just for the exposure. I'm not really right. losing too much. But well, if you're giving free floats, I mean, you're not really losing a whole lot or you just give, you're giving, you're losing yeah. an, half, an hour session, right? It's like $4 worth of cost of goods. Yeah. Yes, a client would could potentially be in there, but I still think the awareness is worth it. It's just kind of hard to track the ROI. Right. Um, every now and then, thankfully, some big influencers will reach out to me organically and just say, mm-hmm. hey, I haven't done this before. I really want to. Can I do a trade with you? That's a win. But yeah, I haven't spent as much time uh, reaching out to those people or right. paying them for it. I think that's really important what you just said, because often sometimes clients are like, oh, God, it's such a waste of time. I got to send them product like they came. They came and asked if they could review your product. They didn't ask for any money. They just want to explain. Just say yes. Just send the product. And yeah. for you, it's just, you know, it's time and space, right? For other companies that might be putting a bottle in a, you know, you don't have to send a hundred bottle, hundred dollar bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. But, if you you know, if you have a cost of goods of ten dollars or less plus shipping, send it. Don't eat, It'll take you longer to say no than it will be just to say, sure, try it. Let me know how you like it, you know? Exactly, exactly. And it's kind of fun. I mean, they all have their own spin to it that I would never have thought of, right. like floating for pregnancy. I am not, I don't have any children. I'm not the right person to talk about. <laughs> but thank God there are those moms out there that are right. micro-influencers that can. Yeah. Um, I think that's so interesting. Um, you know, People talk, oh, influencers this and influencers that, you know, and uh, can 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 Kim Kardashian do that? Yeah, for a million dollars. What are you thinking? You right. know, no, no. There's These no micro influencers are so much more influential yeah. 
Because mm-hmm. when we say micro, we mean, you know, um, depending on what we're talking about, could be 10,000, could be a thousand yeah. or less, but 10, 000, we're not talking about Kim Kardashian kind of land. Yeah. The beauty influencers are, so they operate a little differently, but I wonder if your beauty influencer would be the next, the really authentic people would yeah. be next a good, a good target for you because, you know, uh, particularly around mm-hmm. uh, wellness, you, ch- you know, you could choose 30 of them off the top of my head. Uh, and yeah. that might be really good for you because they are very localized as as well as international. So might be some thought. Yeah, and it's it's not it doesn't even always have to result in someone like booking a gift certificate right then and there. Mm-mm. It just exposes them to what I do, and then they tell their friend, "Hey, have you ever heard of this?" Right. It may take them thirty touch points to come get in the spa. It may take months, months and months and months. Um, right. And you know, if you're in a business, it's a long haul. And I think yeah. too often because social media is so, it feels like it's immediate, mm-hmm. but it's not, right? The planning that goes into social media is months away, right? Um, and you're in it for the long haul. So, you know, having people, more people exposed to your brand and to your experience, because you're really, really talking about experience, right? Um, the better it is. Right. As long as it's a good review, Right. Have you gotten poor reviews, any poor reviews in any of your, you know, people trying to um, hold you hostage for more stuff with a bad review? Always. I feel like it's inevitable. I mean, not always is in every day, but yes, it has happened at every single location. And how have you dealt with it? Oh my gosh, so many different ways. Um, I got a review two days ago, one of my members who's been around for years that no one answered the phone on Monday because we're closed half days on Monday. like, Listen, we've been we've been you know almost friends for years now. You come once a, once a month. We see you all the time. Sorry, no one answered your phone call. Usually, it's a conversation. I've never found a review that could not be solved with a conversation. Mm-hmm. And usually, it's just trying to get that person on the phone. They understand you're a small business. You know, they just want to be heard. And usually, you can find some middle ground where they're willing to take those reviews off. Mm-hmm. But whether they do or not, I respond to every review publicly, even the bad ones. Yeah. So see, like I'm a, I'm a human. I want to resolve this issue. I'm not trying to hide anything. If you had a really bad float for some reason, let's say, I don't know, let's say I lost power in the building and like a filter kicked on. It's almost like a jacuzzi jet at that point. Uh-huh. I would hundred percent free float you. Um, and make sure that you're taken care of and that you get to come back and have a good experience. But if someone leaves a bad review, I'm still going to respond to it online and let them know what I'm going to do, even if they never respond to me. I think this is another just absolute must, right? Um, Jay, do you know who Jay Bear is? Jay Bear is a, a consultant, a customer service consultant. He mm-hmm. wrote the book, Hug Your Haters. Okay. Um, yes. And which I highly recommend to anybody, Hug Your Haters. But you're just, you're just basically showing everybody, you, you know, you respond, respond, respond. And sometimes you can't make people happy. Right. It's okay. But if you don't respond, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in high engagement worlds like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest is a little different. LinkedIn's a little different. You probably don't do anything on LinkedIn. Um, but if you don't respond, it says more about you than, mm-hmm. than the bad review does, Right. I've had a franchisee go so far as to get their uh, client to go out to ice cream with them, to talk to them, to get to know them and their children. I just think that is above and beyond. beyond. How hard you want to work as a- That's a big backyard. (laughs) Um, But the funny thing about like negative reviews on TikTok, I always respond to those too, just because the algorithm likes the interaction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I say- 
well, what didn't you like? Then they feel like they have to respond. And then you get a lot of comments going and then the algorithm pushes your video out further. Yeah. So on TikTok, any kind of comments or reviews people want to leave, I'm all for it. And I'm going to try and elongate that conversation. And are you responding in video or in text? Uh, Both. Both. Depends, depends. depends what it is. Yeah. That's awesome. So we've talked about you're using social media. Um, and then uh, b- basically that's what you've talked about. Are you also using yeah. uh, door knockers? Are you using direct mail, what, or PR? What, what else are you doing to get the word out? Well, I'll tell you a little bit of a crazy story, but that founding location I told you, Nick and Holly, uh-huh. originally he did a lot of direct mail and we're a high-end spa, but uh-huh. his direct mailer that got the most attention was he went out to Michael's, he bought some blue fuzz stapled it to a piece of paper and said that there was some like blue guru monster that was waiting in the spa that had a gift of, you know, a free float. You just have to come find the guru. And it worked. And I thought that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. But maybe sometimes crazy is what you need to get someone's attention. I have not done that in the six years of me being in the business. But I just kind of <laughs> love that story because that's what he needed to do back then to get right? attention. Nowadays, I found that mailers um, usually get trashed. I just don't see as many of them to the front door. You see a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have better luck with is events. So yeah. going to any kind of, not even always an event, but just asking if I can put a pop-up stand in front of the local sauna studio or the Lifetime mm-hmm. Fitness. Because usually those people are, they love having right. um something like happening, like an event. So if we can just say, Hey, we're going to do a spin wheel and you get 50% off. Or if you give us your email, we're willing to give you uh-huh. honestly, like a, a, one of those little pop sockets on the back of your phone, uh-huh. any kind of gift people will usually give you at least an email address. And so yeah. that's been a lot more successful. And I think, again, it's just having that human face. Yeah. Um, you put a name to the, uh, the brand right. and all of a sudden it's not just an, an ad or a mailer. I think what you just also said was that you're doing email marketing, which a lot of people oh, yeah. like poo-poo email marketing. It is the most intimate thing you can do. I mean, yeah. obviously other than get into a float thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, you are asking, you know, people are allowing you into their email inbox, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and is, how often are you me- emailing? Do you have a monthly campaign, a weekly campaign? How does that work? So my franchisees are independently owned and operated. They could do whatever mm-hmm. they want. I think the ones that have the best customer retention are the ones that are doing monthly newsletters. Yeah. Now the ones that have the highest sales, they're just maximizing. I think, you know, on MailChimp or Constant Contact, you know, you can send an email and then resend it just to those people who didn't open and it. And open it, yeah. You can keep doing that until they open it, which, you know, that's insane to me um, that you can get that high of an engagement, but the ones that have the best retention are doing once a month and they're doing really heartfelt stories like our member of the month. Here's how this person, you know, helped heal their fibromyalgia and they Uh can sleep without pain and not even making it salesy, but just making it really information. Right. And then people feel like they're not alone. It's not just them clicking and downloading. They're part of a larger community and whether that leads to a Facebook group or anything else that does take a lot of work to maintain, but frankly, it's, it's what's working for retention. Exactly. So you're using, um, using social media and Mm -hmm. events or pop-ups for, um, acquisition and, um, engagement. And then you're using email for Mm -hmm. retention, membership retention. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know what? I won't lie. One of the things I haven't done, but the people that I will never forget that walk into my business asking for my business mm-hmm. are the people that bring me like boxes of donuts. And I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I maybe don't want a donut, but my employees are going to be so grateful. Yeah. And they let me like branded merch or something like that. Right. I'll never forget those people. I don't know if I've actually followed through to buy anything from them, but I, when I have time one day, I'm taking people some donuts because I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know that I never forgot it. They probably won't either. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So when you think about all the time, so you're running a business, right? So you have the you have the running the business and the operation in some places, right? Mm-hmm. How much time are you spending on or your franchisees are spending on uh we'll just put it all into marketing, on the yeah. marketing stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is to film literally everything. Yeah. Film myself doing videos, film myself cleaning the spa, film myself doing laundry, film literally everything. Mm-hmm. Because while it's nice to have really polished photo shoots, a lot of times I'm so grateful that I took content when I was doing something else that I didn't have to go do it on the spot. Um, so I'd say film everything. And that time yeah. I can't even track because it's just like literally constant. Yeah. Um, but the nice thing about our operations is it's pretty our operations are pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not literally behind the desk checking out a client, I'm doing something for marketing. I'm yeah. also doing a lot of text messages. So, I mean, if I had to say how many hours a day, whether it's me or I'm delegating, mm-hmm. it's got to be close to three to four hours a day. Yeah. So That's listen, people, listen, people, <laughs> you have a small business, you have a franchise business, whatever it is, it's a small business. You have a location. You need to get people to it. It is yeah. constant. It is constant to um, be engaged with the people who are interested in you. It's in constant to be in mm-hmm. acquisition mode and into membership tending mode. Yeah. Um, but it's what makes the business run. And I really like what you said about on the content side, just take the content, just put it in a folder. You'll use it sometime. Yeah. Right. And the nice thing about like Instagram and TikTok is it does not matter how polished the video is, right. put it with some trending audio, make it six seconds long and you're good to go. And boom. Yeah. yeah. Some people are so scared of that because, oh, what if I do it wrong? You know, it doesn't matter. Just get started because you will yeah. get better over time. Well, and if you want another pro tip on any of those platforms, if you post something and you decide three days later that you don't like it or it didn't get good engagement, the platforms don't like it when you delete things. But what right. you can do is go into your settings and make it private. So the only person who can see it is yourself. Right. So now you've removed it maybe from your feed, but that process of posting and they see that you're engaged stands. And so exactly. I do that. I don't do it all the time, but if something really flops or I look back and go, you know what, that wasn't a good reflection of who I am or what our spa looks like. I'm not going to delete it. I just make it private. That's awesome. Another pro tip from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've kept you longer than I promised because I'm so fascinated with what you're doing. Oh my God. It's so it's great. Fun. So um, just a few, I'm going to sum up for a few things. One is on your business side, you know, this is a growing business. Clearly there's market here. Wellness is only going to get bigger. It's not going to get any smaller. And uh, particularly uh, being alone, <laughs> uh, people looking for that opportunity to be alone, particularly yeah. if you're a mom. So um, if you're interested in learning about how to become a franchisee, where can people find you? MandyRow.com. MandyRow.com. M-A-N-D-Y-R-O-W-E. We'll have the links below here in the video and in the audio. And then... Um, 
from a acquisition tending perspective, answer every comment, mm -hmm. engage with people who are like-minded with you. Don't spend time on people who are not like-minded. Spend time on people who are like-minded with you and make the effort to have cross-promotion with businesses either online or in person um, mm -hmm. who are, there would be some sort of reciprocal um, advantageous um, relationship with because A, you might get some donuts out of it, but B, <laughs> it helps them too, right? It helps when they have, you popping something up in front of somebody else's, and it says something going on good about their business too. So mm -hmm. you spending time on that is great. And then, and then whatever number I'm on, I think it must be on three, email, 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 tell people stories. You don't have to sell anything to have a good email campaign to share people's stories you could do an interview you could do a podcast like this one um you know just do it uh and and you'll find if you do you know if you do what manny's doing four hours a day that's pretty good i mean you gotta have something right uh and if it was just you and you didn't care about growing the business of the franchise that'd be probably excessive however right. uh it would be excessive. But if you're spending one hour, two hours a day on this stuff, your business will grow. You will get better at it. It will happen. Mm -hmm. so congratulations. It's such a great story. I'm so excited. Well, one, can you come to Eau Claire, Wisconsin? Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the only one I know in Wisconsin. It's not mine, but it's called Float Life. It's in Appleton. That's far away. <laughs> That's the only so we one need I to get, I need to find someone. Uh, I do not have time to be a franchising too. <laughs> I need to find someone who is. Because um, I really, I've only heard wonderful things about float therapy. And now I need to try it. It's just going to have to happen. Um, if So other than um, for true rest. So go to mandyrogue.com if you're interested in becoming a franchise, franchisee. Mm -hmm. If you're interested mm -hmm. in finding a spa, where do you go? Yeah. So on my personal website, there is a locations tab, but that'll just direct you to the brand, which is truerest.com. T-R-U. All one word. R-E-S-T. Great. And then on TikTok, are you True Rest or Mandy Rowe? I have like 12 pages. You can <laughs> choose any of them. Um, all of my personal, where I answer all the questions about uh -huh. floating is Mandy M. Rowe. So it just okay. has a middle initial in there, but you could choose honestly, any of your cities, uh, the handles are True Rest, True Rest Omaha, True Rest Charlotte, right. pretty much look up True Rest and whatever city name you want, you'll find us. You are easy to find. Yes. That's another last thing I'm going to say. Be If you want to be in business, be easy to find. Be easy to find, right? Of those have link trees that'll show you all the different links. Yep. Awesome. Well, I'm so impressed. Congratulations to you. I can't, I'm coming to Nashville to meet you or to Oklahoma or to sure. San Diego or to... <laughs> Come on over. That's awesome. And um, listeners, I hope that you um, took some great um, uh, tips, for, not just the tips on don't delete and then snap tick, but yeah. also just the concept of always responding, always being busy with it. Just capture the content because um, the more you capture the content, the easier it is to use. So thank you so much, Mandy, for being with us. I so appreciate your time. Yeah, this was fun. Um, all right, everybody. Until next time, I'm Lee Carraher, and this is Get on the Map.
Thank you so much for listening to On The Map. If you're a successful entrepreneur of a company or if you are a a marketing executive who has had success on getting on the map in your industry or your location or among certain different consumers or customers, I would love to talk to you about how you did it, what programs and tactics you use to become known, become famous for what you do, the difference you make for your customers and your clients or your consumers. Um, In order for you to apply, just go over to my website, go.double-forte.com backslash podcast slash guest. And that's a mouthful. It'll be in the show notes. So just go down there and apply. We are publishing on the map all the time with awesome guests who are sharing for from the trenches ideas and success stories that we can all apply in our own businesses. So it to get all of the shows and not miss anything, please subscribe. And I so appreciate you if you can also give me a thumbs up or give me a rating. This helps the show be seen. I can't under, you can't underestimate the power of a a thumbs up and I would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And now it's time for you to go get on the map.